Hey, <laughs> pass me a beer. Look, at least promise me you won't drink. Alcohol always leads to trouble. Hey, who wants to play drink the beer? Right here. <laughs> you win. All right, what do I win? Another beer. Just have a cup of coffee. Beer it is. Coffee? Beer? I'd kill for a beer. <gasps> Cheap beer and a sympathetic ear. Step right up. Right. Hey, what's up? I'm going to do it this time, Chad. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Adam on the Beer House Podcast, and uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, of course, we always have the three stooges here. Jake sitting next to me smells awful as usual. What's up, Jake? I probably actually do. <laughs> Hello, yeah, everybody. Do. Uh, Chad, of course, I can't smell him, but I can only imagine. You can, you know, if you squint, you can just see some stink lines. I, I actually won't tell you. What happened before the? I'll tell you later when we're done recording. <laughs> spare, spare the audience. I seriously, I, I, my eyes are still hurting from what I saw, and I he can't saw unsee. something he hasn't seen in about twenty years. We'll put All it that right, way. Oh, moving on. Lord have mercy. Uh, <laughs> hi, Chad. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Adam and Jakey, how are you guys doing tonight? Well, I'll recover, but it'll take a little bit. So, <laughs> and uh, Chad, you want to introduce tonight's special special guest? Sure. Um, we have Andy. Is it Andy or Andrew? I feel like I'm an Andy. Okay. Officially, it's Andrew, but I go by Andy. Okay. We have Andy uh, Sparhawk, correct last name? Correct. With us tonight from the Brewers Association. That's why I let him do it, because I would screw it up. Welcome to the Bearded Hops podcast, Andy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for being on. Um, I guess we're just going to jump into this, aren't we? So... First question I have, and for, for those listening who are like Brewers Association, what are we, Milwaukee Brewers? Like, what are we talking about? So what is the Brewers Association? What do they do? What's the point of them? All that good stuff. Sure. Uh, the Brewers Association is the national not-for-profit trade organization that represents small and independent craft brewers. Our mission is to promote and protect America's in indie craft brewers and, and producers of craft beer. So do you guys um, like lobby for them or just work with, with the, the breweries themselves to help them better their business or. So broadly speaking, you know, we, we follow that mission um, promote on one side pr protect would be where, where the lobbying falls in. Mm -hmm. It's unique that the Brewers Association uh, being a, a national trade organization is not based in Washington, D.C. Uh, like the other large uh, alcohol trade groups, uh, Discus, Wine America, Beer Institute that represents uh, the largest brewers and importers and the national beer wholesalers. Uh, we're based in uh, Boulder, Colorado, uh, in the foothills of, of uh, you know, the state. Um, our members are, are main street businesses. Uh, and so it's always kind of made sense. However, you know, as, as we have grown and, and as we've become, uh, you know, we've kind of earned our, our spot at the table, uh, lobbying becomes a, a bigger component of that. And we certainly, you know, work to make sure that, uh, craft brewers are, are fairly treated on a federal level. And then we try to support our, our state and local guilds as much as possible, uh, you know, as there are eyes and ears on the ground uh, for that sort of stuff. But as far as on the promote side of things, you know, we're known for putting on the Great American Beer Festival, uh, uh, craftbeer.com, which is what, uh, you know, the website that I work on, um, trying to tell the stories of small and independent craft brewers, 
uh, all sorts of stuff like that, media relations and the like. Well, I, I definitely want to, what is, well, I'm going to, let's pause here for a second. Can you guys hear that? that what is that noise? Somebody's attacking. I don't know what it is. It sounds like Candyman or something <laughs> about to it. He's all, like, he's, like, he's all scared. <clears throat> like Ghost in the Machine or something yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, I I want to I'd like to dive into some of these details, like the like talk a little bit more about the Great American Beer Festival and the website and and what what you do and where you came from. But uh, I, I'd like to kind of go around the room and see what everybody's drinking first, since this is a beer Jeez, podcast. What is so? Right. Uh, what are you guys drinking tonight? Okay, fine. Always be informal. No, he's always going to be stick the protocol. I'm drinking uh, Three Sheep's Double Coast. Uh, By the way, I don't have any video on you guys again. Well, if you click the right spot, we went over this every freaking show. You just click the right one, and it shows up on your screen. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I think he needs like a wiki or a job aid or something. Know. It's, it's or... like I'm helping my mom troubleshoot all the time. What are you drinking, Jake? I'm drinking uh, <laughs> no Might video. Meets Right. This is another one of the temperance uh, variants out of their Barrel Age series. This is the Blueberry Maple. So this is... So uh, is that a Barrel Age Stout? It is a barrel aged house. With yes. maple and blueberries. And blueberries. You want to try a sip of my, uh, some blueberries? That kind of scares me, but sure. Uh, Chad, what are, you, what are you drinking there, Spooky? Uh, nice. I am drinking a, a Lakefront Brewery Fixed Gear, which is an American yes. Red IPA. That's a good one. Speaking and of, and we're going to be there. I'm drinking uh, Wibby Brewing Company's, doesn't show up very well because uh, light can, yeah. Wibby Brewing Company's Light Shine Hellas. Ooh, Hellas. That's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, speaking nice. of Lakefront, when are we going to be there? <laughs> Crap. Uh, Wednesday, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. We're going to be at the brewery doing a little interview from the brewery. So, Lakefront Brewing, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. That's a very, very fun, fun one. Okay. All right, Chad, you good now? You happy that we went through this? We got I'm really happy. Right. I mean, I was happy before, but now I'm really happy. Well, that's all that we care about here. Uh, can you go ahead and I'll get on with your question? I mean, if I could see video, you guys, oh my it'd be gosh. even better. <laughs> Andy, where did you, uh, where'd you get your start with the Brewers Association? Uh, like, what's your, what's your history? How'd you get, uh, how'd you get into this biz? So I'm going on 11 years with the Brewers Association oh, wow. officially. Nice. Uh, I was I was the intern that never ever wanted to leave, and the story behind that was uh, I went to uh, a state college. Now it's considered a university in in downtown Denver called uh, Metropolitan State College of Denver. Uh, before every college and university had a fermentation studies program or a beer studies program, Metro State did. Uh, and it was called Beer and Spirits. And, you uh, you know, the first day of class, you basically were in a regular classroom and you learned how to make Kahlua mudslides. And I can remember people <laughs> like look, looking in the window being like, what is going on? So that was fun. The second part of it was all beer. Uh, and they kicked us out of the classroom uh, down to Coors Field, uh, which is where, um, you know, the Sandlot Brewery is, which, you know, depending on, you know, the history you uh, you understand of Blue Moon. Uh, that's where Blue Moon was was created or whatever. Uh, and we got to have beer class with with the the brewmasters at at Sandlot. If you pass their test, uh, you got a you got a ticket to the Great American Beer Festival. Uh, 
obviously I did. And, and that kind of jump-started my realization of, of all these breweries around the country. Um, and uh, kind of had, uh, um, you know, the inkling to reach out to whoever put on the, the, uh, the Great American Beer Festival, figured out it was the Brewers Association, uh, kind of looked down the roster. Uh, I was studying marketing at the time. So there was a, a lady with the title of craft beer marketing director. I uh, ended up being a, a, a lady named Julia Hers. Uh, she just got a phone call with her, nothing expected. She said, yeah, I'll, I'll give you 15 minutes on the phone give you some ideas of how to uh, break into the business. She was fantastic. Hey, join your homebrew club, uh, reach out to distributors, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, she called back uh, and said, I'm working on this internship program. Would you like to, uh, you know, apply for it and, and see if, if you're a fit? Uh, lo and behold, it's, it's all history. Uh, you know, I ended up getting that internship. The next time around we were, it was a three month internship. She was interviewing these these dorks from CU Boulder. I was like, no, don't, don't do that. I'll do it another time. By that time, GABF had rolled back around um, and they just needed somebody to do tickets. So I really was the intern that just never, ever wanted to leave. And now I'm going on 11 plus years. So now after 11 years, you're getting paid, right? You're not an unpaid intern still. I'm sorry. Sorry. Say that again. So after 11 years, you're getting paid, right? You're not an unpaid intern still. Yes, okay. uh, and uh, <laughs> the internship was always paid. Oh. It was a little bit different. You would get a stipend and everything like that. Uh, but no, uh, about I don't know, you know, six months in, uh, I was getting a regular paycheck and <laughs> and have been a full time staffer for going on eleven years. Wow. Well, that that answers uh, one of our other questions uh, for people that don't know. The Brewers Association is not a volunteer run association. I've I've heard people ask about this, talk about this before, you know, what is the Brewers Association, the Brewery Association? Um, how many people, how many people work there? It's based in Denver, correct? Based in Boulder, about in Boulder, 45 okay. minutes uh, west, okay. northwest. Uh, full-time staffers, I would say, you know, around 60. Um, not all based in Boulder, uh, all around the country. Uh, my direct report is based in Ohio, we have Texas, we have uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Montana, um, Idaho, uh, DC. Uh, we do have a you know a specific you know kind of lobbying person uh, there on staff. So uh, all over the country, but mainly in Boulder. So how good is the beer scene out there in Boulder and Denver? I mean, I hear I hear good things. I myself have not had a chance to uh, you know explore the the breweries out there? You know, it, I'm a Colorado kid. Uh, you know, this is why I'm, you know, in beer is because I was, you know, exposed to this and I, I really feel like craft beer and, and is, is part of Colorado identity. Uh, but it's also the Brewers Association. And like I said, it's unique. There were a national association. Uh, Colorado beer is, is awesome. You know, lots of breweries. We're probably approaching 400 breweries in the state. Uh, some great, you know, national brands, New Belgium, Odell, Left Hand, uh, small breweries like Crooked Stave, uh, Wibby that I'm drinking, uh, Paradox and, and Divide. Uh, you could, you're going to, when you finally come, uh, you're going to have a, a plenty of options and, and a good time. Is that an area where um, the number of craft breweries, is, is, it, is it growing? Has it reached kind of a point where it's plateaued? 
what's the growth like in, in Colorado? Do you know? I don't know specifically through through a state. You know, nationally, uh, we're at 7,400 breweries, uh, you know, nationwide. Uh, <laughs> that continues to grow. I think we, uh, you know, definitely anticipate, you know, with the added competition and, and with that amount, we're going to probably see, we're definitely going to see more closings as well. Yeah. I think, you know, this state this week has kind of, you know, had a, a rash of, of notable closings. Um, but we're still going to have probably, you know, you know, a thousand openings maybe in, uh, nationwide uh, is, is what I, we anticipate. That's, that's, that's crazy to me. Uh, I don't know if I would have the cojones to open up a brewery right now. It's just... Well, you, you'd have much. to have a well, really tight business plan. You'd yeah, probably have yeah. to be prepared to to not make money for three to five years. I didn't see that my wife would kill me, so I couldn't do that. Well, I I don't know what the ad <laughs> ad loss ratio is, and Andy, maybe you can fill us in on that. But I when we started this podcast a year and a half ago, I want to say there was around sixty five hundred yeah breweries, yeah. Um, and you know we hear rumblings about it's plateaued. You know, there's there's there is growth, but it's so slow because a lot of breweries are closing. How close of how close of an eye do you guys do you keep on on how many are opening and how many are closing? Monthly, we we have a dedicated team to tracking brewing op- brewery openings. Um, you know, our chief economist Bart Watson. You know, that's that's a lot of what he does. Um, I think you know as far as I think growth or growth in openings continues to be astronomical. Uh, now, growing on that base, 7,400 breweries becomes more and more difficult. When there were 2,500 breweries, yeah, double-digit growth is is no big deal. Uh, now, you know, there's a there's a lot of shoulder-to-shoulder uh, going on. Four percent growth, however, which is what it was last year, uh, is still pretty amazing for for an industry. Uh, and I think you know when you compare it to other industries, you know, handful, you know. At, at this point, you know, a good amount of breweries, you know, closing up um, compared to like restaurants and stuff like that. You know, it's it's mini school. Uh, you know, I, I still think the interest is still there. Uh, but, you know, you talked about it just a couple of minutes ago. You know, you need to hit the ground running, making world class beer, having a business plan, doing everything right. And not really there. There is no learning curve anymore. Yeah, uh, your quality just has to be so high with the competition. So many small breweries, even around us, are making such good beer. You know, and most people don't even know of them. Like, uh, I can't remember Gray's Lake. It's <laughs> one of Gray's Lake, the hockey one. Light the lamp. Oh, light the lamp. I mean, they don't even distribute it in cans or bottles in stores. Like the only place you can get it is the brewery, and they're phenomenal beers. So, yeah. Um, now, well, we, and Adam, you've made the point before that. It's not such a bad thing. You know, for me, I, I was always so like, oh, my gosh, are we slowing down? Are we plateauing as our closes? And, and you made an excellent point uh, a couple times, and, and I usually don't like to compliment you. You're giving me credit. Um, <laughs> but I will. You said, you know what? There's probably some places that they probably do need Should to close, close, and maybe they weren't making the greatest beer. Yeah. And, you know, with the recent, well, I don't know if we're calling it a merger or not, but with Dogfish Head yeah. and uh, Boston Brewing. They're yeah. calling it a merger, I Are they? I don't know. Sort of. It seems like... Part- partnership. There you go. Partnership. Let's be more democratic about this. Do you see something like that happening more as as the... as 
craft beer grows and grows and grows and grows, and then you know you obviously have the ones failing and falling off. It only makes sense to me that those at the top who are still trying to get a bigger piece of the pie will end up merging or coming together to make even a bigger company or bigger brewery. It's like more small to mediums coming together, maybe? Yeah, instead of being like these smaller Will breweries, they're going to have a... Trend? Yeah. I mean, do you see this as being a trend or... powerhouses? Is it just kind of a, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens here? Specifically around Dogfish and Boston beer? Well, mergers or whatever you want to call it, like that happening. In, yeah, in, in the think, craft beer industry. I think brewers are going to have to figure out, you know, how they're going to, you know, it, it's interesting. I was at a, a conference, I think, last summer, and Sam spoke, uh, and he referred to being a, a, a midsize, you know, called Dogfish a midsize, but, you know, top 50 brewery, uh, you know, smack dab in between the world's largest multinational brewers and 7,000 tiny little little breweries, <laughs> yeah. you know, that that are on every street corner and he, he characterized it as the, the shiny jaws of death, you know, good thing. He, you know, he always puts on a great, great spin and everything, but it was obvious even last year that, that those regional breweries are going to feel the, feel the pinch of this, you know, they're, they're getting attacked from both sides. Uh, and, you know, to, to do a deal like that, I think, you know, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and yeah, we, we probably will. We're, you know, we're seeing it with, you know, uh, what is it? Victory, Six Points, and Southern Tier. We're seeing it with Canarchy. Yes, you know, right now this, uh, uh, you know, you know, this craft beer industry is, is evolving, uh, and breweries of that size are going to have to band together. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised when I heard about it. I. I I don't know if anybody knew it was coming, but I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> what was it there? And, and forgive me, I'm trying to remember the article. Of the company was it there? Another large uh, sort of conglomerate beverage uh, producer that said that they were going to make a big push uh, this year into the American beer um, market, uh, like out of Australia or something. I don't remember. Oh gosh, I can't remember yesterday. Uh, so. I'll, I'll try and find it here. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's me. Um, <laughs> it, is there, Annie, do you have any, uh, other favorite cities when you travel that you feel like have really strong beer scenes that like, when you know you're going to go there, you get, you get it pumped up for? Um, yeah, I mean, big fan of, of San Diego whenever I go, um, let's see, you really can't go anywhere in the country nowadays without finding some sort of vibrant, exciting beer, beer culture. That and that's so not true. really like, a. I'm not trying to like dodge your question or anything like that, but you can, you can find, like you said, you know, go to, you reference a small town near you, uh, breweries making awesome beer and, and that's exciting. Um, it's been a while since I've been to Phoenix, uh, but they were, were coming up strong. We were in Nashville last year for craft brewers yeah. conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, lots, lots of great, you know, opportunities. Uh, I was just in Boise, Idaho, which just seems like Denver 10 years ago. Uh, and they, <laughs> Forever they had like two breweries and now they have 12 and they're experiencing this growth. And, you know, my Uber driver was complaining about the traffic and I think there were three cars on the road. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving. <laughs> um, I'll, t- I'll tell you one place I struggled this year. I was in Vegas on business and I was staying on the strip, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. There was like a couple, you know, pub houses that were 
you know, making their own beer right there on tap, but there there wasn't a lot of options. Yeah. Not that Bears, I found. Uh, in Old Town, Las Vegas. Every time I go to Vegas, it's always for work, and it's never, you know, I, I end up just, like, exploring all over. I've done the just walking around the Strip. But Bangers in Old Town is fantastic. Okay. Stumbled upon Hop Nuts, Craft House. Yeah, Vegas and, and the, you know, the state of Nevada is, is coming up strong. Uh, you can't go anywhere. Wyoming has been ma- making a push. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wyoming. You know. There's enough throw throw a, a dart on the map, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you'll find awesome beer and, and people that are passionate about it uh, that you can have a good time. I was uh, a couple weeks ago in Austin, and they had a fantastic beer scene. I had an yeah. excellent time drinking there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, I guess I uh, just need to keep my eyes open. It's just popping up yeah. everywhere. They have this thing called Maps, Google Maps. You can just put I swear I looked when I was in Vegas, but I didn't leave the Strip. You know, I was on the Strip. I was... I didn't make it Vegas. to Old Town on that trip. Yeah, that's Vegas is just a, its own little world. I mean, you know, I don't worry about beer when I'm in Vegas. I just well, get... I've, there's other options there, so I, I entertain myself <laughs> just fine. <laughs> what uh, really? You do uh, care to elaborate? Hey, no, that's good, <laughs> Andy. Um, is it harder? What happens in Vegas to promote uh, craft beers at a national level uh, with sort of the federal government? Or do you? Or is there more frustration working with some of the state governments and their, you know, int- you know, different laws and and people and and how they go about their business and their politics? You know, it's it's certainly a, a challenge, but again, that's why you know we were, uh, you know, a couple of years ago we were very, you know, uh, focused on making sure that every state had at least one active guild. You know, it wasn't long ago that, that not every state uh, didn't have an active guild. Now they do. Um, and so that, you know, we kind of work as a support for those guilds, um, even providing kind of financial aid uh, to hire an executive director. You know, that's one of the things that, that you know, the Brewers Association, you know, can do. Um, being that they're state-based, you know, you know, we monitor stuff. If it has national implications, uh, you know, we certainly, you know, want to, you know, monitor monitor it more closely and, and worry about it. You know, I think for the most part, you know, craft beer and craft brewers have kind of become the uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. Uh, lawmakers are, uh, you know, are excited to see a, a brewer. You know, it represents jobs. It represents tax revenue. It represents, you know, you know, con- connection to the community. Uh, so, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, lawmakers want to hear what, what we have going on. They're small businesses uh, and they want to help whether they can, you know, with with certain states and certain issues that, that certainly, you know, continue to be touchy uh, that, that we continue to support. We, we have had some guests make the uh, give us sort of the feedback, the comment that, you know, a craft beer can be part of the sort of a change in a neighborhood and. And the value of property and, and commerce and housing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, one state, Andy, that we kept close eyes on or, or we sort of continue to monitor is uh, Texas because we have a good friend that lives down there. And we've uh, been down there and dealt with some of the beer scene and gone to some local uh, breweries that we really like in the McKinney area, I want to say. Yep. Uh, there's one there we like called Tups. Um, but, you know, right from the start, we noticed that they have some some laws there in Texas where if I, I believe it's connected to if you don't have a kitchen, uh, you cannot carry out beer. You can only drink tap beer. 
Um, so we've been watching this year because it's kind of reached the Senate, the Texas State Senate, uh, that some of that might be uh, overturned. They might change some of that. Um, though it still seems like they're the bigger... Back ass words? The, well, it still so seems like the bigger ones down game. there, the bigger distributors and producers are, are trying to keep a lid on it by still counting... Um, sales out, out of the tap towards your total sales uh, with the ones that are also carried out of there. Um, so there's there's some ways it seems like they're trying to cap it. So th- that's just one example, Andy. I don't know if, if, if you know anybody or if you had anybody on your team that's been sort of helping to push uh, taxes along and, and help the craft beer, um, you know, friends down there. Yeah, we have a we have a guild coordinator. She's based out of Montana, but her name's Acacia Coast. Uh, and, you know, constant liaison between, uh, you know, state guilds, specifically Texas president, the president of the Brewers Association, Bob Pease, was just down in Texas, you know, basically lobbying with, you know, craft brewers in Texas to to push this. Uh, Pete Johnson in, in North Carolina. Uh, you know, it's funny talking about the to go bill that, that Texas is working on, Texas craft brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of them tweeted uh, our chief economist, you know, because uh you know, they were, were kind of debating, uh, you know, the law with, with state wholesalers. Um, and I think it was the guy from the Austin Beer Works that said, uh, at Bart Watson, you know, can you tell us what other states uh, don't allow to-go sales from, from craft breweries? And, you know, Bart kind of made the, you know, well, I could I could tell you or I could show you with this fun map. And it was essentially an all blue map with just Texas red. The only state that doesn't allow that level of, of freedom from a craft brewer. And, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that a national association can do and stick up for, for yeah. you know, the state guild and everything and be like, here are the, here are the facts, you know, oh, yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you getting all excited. Hey, yeah. Well, I was just we went. I remember being down there, and I, I had no, I, I had no concept of those laws, and I was just ready to buy something, looking for, you know, their fridge or, or, um, yeah. I mean, I growler, I, a growler, and I was like, what? I mean, I love when you go to a, the actual brewery, and and um, you know, you have more options, and and they work hard to provide options <laughs> that, you know, maybe you can get them in a the store, or maybe they sell out pretty quickly in stores. I mean, those are my favorite breweries when I feel like. Not only do they have a great time at the place, the atmosphere, the the service, the people, um, but also just being able to buy some stuff and, and bring it home. And I was like, "What?" Yeah, I remember you Isn't told me that, that. You know, a part of the community. You know, you know, yeah. if you're going to have 7,400 breweries, you know, don't you want to go and and you know, it's a unique part of of a of a brewery that you get to, you know, go to a tap room, sample the beers. You can talk to the brewer. You know, if you yeah. again, if if I use the restaurant reference. How often are you able, besides at Luca de Beppo, uh, walk back behind, you know, into the kitchen and see what's going on? You know, you can walk back there and ask the brewer, hey, what do you got brewing? You know, what a cool way to, like, be a part of the community. It is, it's, you know, craft brewers, you know, that have that particular license in Texas are are, are hamstrung. That's a great point, too. I, you know, I, I think you just uncovered one reason that I love craft beer and I didn't even know it. <laughs> People love Good. talking about how they're making it, what they're doing. Yeah. They're so, you're right. I mean, you go, some of my favorite restaurants, I've never got to talk to a chef or anybody that makes you it. probably wouldn't want to. Well, they probably wouldn't want to talk to me, That's which true. is fine. That's I don't true. blame them, but, <laughs> but, oh, wow. You well, really I mean, hit craft, a chord there. I'm going to have to sit back for a second. Craft beer is so much <laughs> built around community. 
it's so much built around the story. I think it was Josh Noel that was telling us, you know, people want to feel that connection, you know, with the brewery. What's the story? Where, where did this come from? How'd you get this start? How'd you come up with this name of this beer? You know, and when why you, is when this you important about, to me? When you're talking about yeah. the big national, you know, big guys, you know, yeah, we know the story and the Clydesdales, but we can't really get that same personal. The Clydesdales. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we can't really get that personal, you know, interaction. We can't go sit in the tap room and there's a brand new beer up on, on the on the wall that, you know, I can't get in a store, but I can get it right here, right now. And it's probably made, you know, and just put on the tap today or yesterday. You can't get that anywhere else. That's what makes kind of the craft beer so special. Yeah, talking to Josh Noel, you know, you know, his book, you know, that's that's the strategy of the big brewers. You know, they tried yeah. to have a craft brand for Michelob and they tried to, mm-hmm. to create, you know, kind of fake brands. But they could not recreate, you know, the stories and the yeah. ability to go behind a little little tap room and, and talk to the brewer. That's that that created a challenge for them. That's when they started buying out small brewers is, is exactly. when they realized, yeah. oh, we can't create this story. We're not resonating. So we'll just buy the craft brewers that already have the story. Yeah, and that was a part of his book that I I remember when I read it, I was laying there in bed reading it, I started laughing because like they couldn't figure this out. Like they just couldn't. Like, why can't I? Why can't we do this? But they can, and yes, because well, you're a multinational sh- corporation that you know has no soul. They would shoot them. <laughs> they would shoot themselves in the foot too. You know, they oh, would yeah. they would get owners ownership of something, um, and then they would ramp up their production, and then they would push it out in these new markets so fast. You know that maybe that brewery did have a story somewhere, but they were just looking at this new market and trying to shove it down somebody's throat so right. quick that nobody in that new market had time to make a connection with it. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, um, weed and beer. Oh. So we are now, <laughs> now that with the legalization in some states, um, you know, there's been some murmurs of legalization in nationally. We know that hemp has been loosened up nationally and we're starting to see a lot more beers with hemp or even CBD. Um, some I think even have cannabis with THC in it. you know, where do you, do you see that becoming a bigger trend? The two melding together or, cause I know a lot of people have talked about with the legalization of marijuana. Now you can kind of see the chart of where beer sales have gone down. Um, I don't know if there's really a big correlation between the two, but probably, it's possible, yeah. Um, so the latest, you know, kind of analysis that we have is we haven't seen it yet. Does doesn't necessarily mean that you know it won't have an effect. Uh, but you know, you know, I'm from Colorado, and, and <laughs> certainly we were, you know, the first, if not one of the first, uh, to do that. And um, you know, we're just not seeing a, a huge effect. Do they? In in my opinion. They're probably more complementary goods than substitutes, but yeah. you know, no doubt, if you're if if you're you know, uh, you know, using cannabis, uh, you'll you know, makes sense that you would probably dial back on drinking. Um, I think it's very popular right now. I think you know the nation is very captivated by it. There's still a lot you know to be done. Uh, first of all, you cannot uh, 
combines uh, THC and, and alcohol. That's right. a big no-no. Yeah. There is one one brewery that that got the okay from the TTB Tax and Trade Bureau that that approves that sort of stuff uh, to make a, a CBD beer. So, you know, I would be very su- suspect of any brewery that's coming out with a CBD beer because they're going to get a cease and desist. Uh, you know, basically the TTB. Um, and we could have a whole, you know, kind of conversation about the TDB and, and, and their, their work, but they're a relatively small government agency. And we love working with them because the other option would be dealing with the FDA, which is a huge <laughs> uh, government organization. Which we don't you know, want to have to uh, wants to work with us because, you know, it, it gives them a reason to be around. So I think they approved that initial CBD, uh, you know, recipe and then immediately realized, oh, no, now we'll be under the, the spotlight. And they actually requested that, you know, that brewery give back the, the, the you know, certification of, of the recipe. They never did that, and, and that brewery has since sold to a cannabis company. Um, hemp is, has now been, been changed. You might see something like that, but it's still too kind of murky to, to really see anything like this happening in the United States right now. Uh, as far as non-alcoholic THC beers, you have that Syria. I think, interesting enough, the same guy that, that you know created Blue Moon, Blue Moon is, is yeah. now doing that. Um, totally different. Uh, it's it's certainly beer. It's non-alcoholic beer uh, with with THC. I, I, you know, I think that's an NA I could get behind. Yeah, right. That's that's the one <laughs> non-alcoholic beer that you will jump on. Yeah, I know. Andy, I'm not a big NA doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm not criticizing people that drink NA. I want people to drink what makes them happy. Um, just personally, it, it doesn't add up when I do my <laughs> calculus of what I'm drinking for the night. Are you an NA fan? Is this is this a trend that's here to stay? Due to I think even, it's, does it even count to the Brewers Association? Yeah, does, that, does that matter? <laughs> uh, I think we're still trying to figure that out. Um, in Europe, non-alcoholic beers are, are a big deal. Uh, really? you know, I didn't know uh, if we can talk about hard, hard seltzers, it, it's part of this kind of health and wellness trend that has been kind of, you know, not just in beer, but all over. So people perceive hard seltzer as, as healthy. So you're seeing that and people are kind of, you know, getting into this idea of, of non-alcoholic beer, uh, as a health and wellness thing. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had a, I think I've had a sip of O'Doul's before. Uh, oh, I had a, a sip of a buddy's kind of craft brand, uh, non-alcoholic, uh, because, you know, he, he couldn't drink anymore, um, you know, health-wise. Uh, and it tasted okay. I, I like beer, and, and I, like, I like the, you know, the ancillary effects of, of Yeah. <laughs> Andy, you're all right. <laughs> we like this guy. <laughs> I you know for me the the DNA it's just like I I don't know just just I, I like water I'll just drink water okay I'll just hang out I'll just or, or, Lagunitas hot water you drink that we we've talked yeah, about sure. this before yeah. I'm I'm in the same boat if I'm I I really don't have any interest in in trying NA um so I, I would just, if I'm gonna consume I would, calories I want some ancillary benefits <laughs> yeah yeah otherwise just give me water. Give me some uh, I'm water, coffee, and beer. That's 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 all I drink. Preach on. <laughs> Gosh. Andy, how do so when a when a new brewery opens, is 
how does this how's the process work and how does how does the how's the relationship between a new brewery and the brewers the brewery association work i mean to open a brewery is is there a membership required um is a brewery when they open do they ask to join how does how does that whole relationship work Sure. A, a lot of them find us as they're planning. Uh, and one of the you know great values of the Brewers Association is, is becoming a brewery and planning member. You have access to all the resources, uh, you know, that we have as, as you know, as an association uh, helping to plan, plan a business, you know, getting the networking, you know, set a lot of breweries, you know, whether they're, you know, about to open or, you know, just starting the planning, you know, they want to come to the craft brewers conference. They want to meet, meet the people that, you know, they want to ship shop at uh, our our expo. It's the largest trade expo. You know, what kind of kettles am I buying? You know, pick and choose. A quick then, side note. Just a quick yeah. side note. What what when when is the expo and where is that at? So, Craft Brewers Conference and Brew Expo USA um, moves around the country every year. We just had it, uh, incidentally, in Denver uh, about a month ago. Previously, we were in Nashville. Next year, we're going to go to San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. So, so when the, you can kind of go back to where you were, I, I didn't mean to interrupt and, and change your, your train of thought there, but so uh, there's uh there's different, is there different levels of membership? You mentioned uh, brewers and brewery and planning. Um, is there like a, like new brewery membership, like a senior, me- like not, you know, like not like old guys, but I mean like old brewery, like, is there senior citizen discount membership? Is there, like a, is there a tiered membership? <laughs> And is it open there, to there breweries is, it's, only? It's based on on barrelage. Obviously, if you're a brewery and planning, you would be to that zero to 195 barrel. Yeah, the Brewers Association is a membership organization. Uh, we represent around 70 to 72 percent of the operating breweries in the United States. And as far as your question, you know, breweries and planning are breweries that just opened. You know, we have a great team that that's that's kind of tracking that sort of stuff, you know, trying to figure out from news and from Facebook groups, who's opening, but a lot of breweries, uh, you know, reach out to us prior to get those resources. And once they open, we hope that they let us know when they open, we switch them on and they're a full member. They show up on crafter.com's, you know, brewery finder, that sort of stuff. I'm not sure if you just noticed what happened there. Um, at the uh, Bearded Hops Chicago <laughs> studio. Jake, Jake just opened a beer and it just fountained all over the place. So <laughs> luckily it didn't get on the computer. Now he's rushing into my uh, the kid's bathroom to try and find something. Good luck with that one. I don't know if it's what, uh, what did he open that fizzed uh, over? It is... Is that a Guinness? No. A, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Grimbergen? Okay. It's a, it's a European beer. It was in my in the in the uh the, the fridge here that has a lot of beers that I probably should take stock of because I have no idea what's in there anymore. So, <laughs> um, and just on a side note, I just switched over to the uh, Dogfish Head. Which what do they call this? Oh, slightly mighty the the uh, their locale IPA. You know, I'm watching my finger. So, uh, ninety five cows get bigger. <laughs> watching get bigger. Three and a half <laughs> cobs, four point five ebbe. So, it's. You're on mute, so you're not talking right now. Go ahead. <laughs> I'd like our listeners to know that this was complete and utter sabotage. I did not <laughs> do anything that should have made that beer uh, explode, basically, when I opened it. Adam was the one that was like, oh, Jake, why don't you try one of the European beers on the bottom? 
So this was a complete setup. <laughs> I am innocent. Lucky me, you grabbed the right one. Well, speaking of European beers, uh, how many? Uh, what kind of representation does the Brewers Association have in in Europe or around the world? Well, you know, we're we're a U.S. based organization, uh, so our our mission is is you know protect and promote U.S. craft brewers. Okay. That being said, you know, we our other competition being World Beer Cup, just the fact that you know, craft beer has become international and particularly American craft beer. So we do have international m- members far, far less, um, you know, than, than the, the 72% of, of, you know, this country's, uh, you know, on the other side of it, you know, kind of an a la carte, uh, part of the Brewers Association is a thing called the export development program. And it's a service that we, we offer to members. It's an extra, you know, kind of membership, but you have to be a BA member first. Uh, and for that, we, we enter these participants in international competitions. The idea being is that, you know, you know, we want the rest of the world to, to recognize that craft beer, uh, in America is, is, is a force. And, and we win a lot of great beer, uh, competitions. And it's, you know, even for traditional stuff, it wasn't long ago that American craft beer or American beer in general was, was a joke. Uh, and now, you know, if you're, you're part of those, you know, UK, you know, Facebook groups or, or wherever, you know, people love American craft beer, uh, you know, and they're always trying to get, you know, the Hill Farmsteads and the Heady Toppers just like we are. Um, so we do have our focus is not international, but we do recognize that beer is an international industry and a product. And, and every two years we invite them to the United States and we have a little competition. Oh, I didn't even know about that. That's cool. Very nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the to be a member of of the BA, we'll we'll just call it. Mm-hmm. You, you is there a limit to the number of barrels as defined by what makes a a <clears throat> brewery a craft brewery? So if someone is over six million barrels, right? Is that the number? Yep. Can can they not be a member of the brewers? I, brewers I, I was just going to ask my next question, Andy. Have you had to have the awkward conversation with a? Uh, you are yeah. no longer. You're too big. Sorry, sir. You're somebody's investing too much. You know they own too much of you. We have to. Uh, if you love something, you let it go. If you, if you had that, it's, it's not you. It's me. No. Uh, uh, Anheuser Busch InBev and, and Miller Coors, uh, Heineken, uh, Constellation. They they are are all welcome to be members, and they they, you know, they're currently not. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we finally kind of crossed that line with them, but you know, that's been relatively recently, they, they might just be renewing, um, but yep. just, you know, full disclosure, they're currently non-members. Uh, we'd love to have them back. Uh, but no, um, you know, where, where those delineations come from is, you know, we're very clear about who we represent and, and who we're fighting for. Uh, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that those, companies and, and particularly those people that work for those those you know breweries aren't welcome uh, and can't you know provide to the overall beer industry um, but yeah uh, you know that that just has to do with the the craft brewer definition uh, and as far as like having that that awkward conversation uh, you know that's come up you know plenty of times with you know Boston beer um, you know our, our standpoint is, is 
we're not like Eskimos just wanting to push uh, Jim Cook off on an iceberg. You know, you're like, you're too old so long. Uh, you know, that that wouldn't necessarily change anything. Um, you know, our, our thought is that, you know, he's still far more a craft brewer than he is a, a large, you know, multinational brewery. I realize it's publicly traded. Um, but time and time again, when we make those tough decisions, I, I think it's the right decision. You know, if, if someone's upset about Boston beer still being considered a craft brewer, like, you know, just imagine if, if we kicked him out, you know, you wake up the next day, what would change for you? Um, probably nothing. <laughs> nothing uh, you know, yeah. Maybe those, you know, nightmares of some guy with a denim shirt and khakis might dissipate a little bit. But, you know, if you have a problem with that guy, um, you know, yeah. us kicking him out of the group probably doesn't uh, help you very much. Now, the 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 beer label you guys have we yeah. we, we actually use the supporter label um, oh, awesome it's on Thanks. all it's on pretty much all of our graphics all of our logos and stuff we have the supporter logo there um yep as far as the the brewers or breweries are concerned is it if they're a member they can use it or or is it by those guidelines as far as size or however i can't remember it, what the guidelines were but exactly you know really quick you know Craft brewer definition right now, it's been it's been changed, um, you know, just recently uh, to recognize that a lot of our a lot of small brewers are are getting into different types of beverages. Uh, so, you know, it's always been small. Uh, originally, it was two million barrels. Now it's six million uh, independent, which is, you know, what you mentioned, the, the independent craft brewer steel. Um, and then that's a brewer. Uh, and, you know, that's a little bit different. We used to it used to be loosely connected to the German purity law that doesn't represent American brewers. And I think we've gotten away from it. It's tough to kind of say like, Oh, we're traditional, but also we're innovative. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we're at with the definition. The key kind of pillar in the definition is that independence. And I think it's one thing that, that the 7,400 small and independent craft brewers can, can't, you know, lose from, from ABI and Miller Coors and, and other large breweries that are trying to, you know, co-opt the idea of craft is that independence. Um, and so this has been a, a you know, a, a focused effort by the Brewers Association and, and its members to, to, you know, kind of draw the line and say, you know, you know, we're proud of our, our independence, um, you know, and using the seal has, has been pretty, pretty cool. Um, you know, I just heard, uh, Charlie Papazian, who was the founder of the American Home Brewers Association, Association of Brewers that's turned into my organization, um, you know, he recently was talking about, you know, the idea that, you know, we're, we're making all this effort to put who we are, but it's ironic that such a proud, you know, group of brewers like Coors or Anheuser-Busch, Miller, aren't proud of, of their ownership and, and, and the breweries that they've uh, purchased, you know, they, they could totally submarine this whole idea of the independent seal. If they just put on their labels who owned them, you know, right. <laughs> and, and it would, it would be all, you know, it would be tough for us to, to defend, or at least we would get what we want, which is transparency. It'd be really hard to sell your all American Clydesdale horse and buggy thing with uh if you really put who owned you on on the on that can, <laughs> well, the the Clydesdales everybody knows the names on there. It's the right. it's the Goose Islands of the world. It's the, the ten barrels that you know continue to confuse people. Yeah. With, you know? Weed, exactly. 
Exactly. Yep. You know, why why isn't AB proud to to say that they they own Wicked Weed? Yeah. You know, it it's you know, it's a it's kind of, you know, a I think they think consumers, you know, can't handle the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't I know think that we they, want to kind of push them on that. I think it's I don't know if it's that they can't handle it. I think it's that they're per, they're well, they're purposely being deceptive. Right, uh, right. You know, it doesn't say Budweiser on it, so that means I'm buying craft. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you get that exact same thing when you go to just about any sporting event. They'll have the craft beer stand. And no, 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 and not stand. You, There's the chalkboard where it's all right. written in chalk. And then it's <laughs> really crafty. And it, it's, it's Blue Moon. And it's, you know, it's all the it's shock top, but it's all these oh, so beers that you're like, that's not craft, right? And that's, that's exactly what they're just trying to muddy the waters and confuse the whole. We, thing. we call that the illusion of choice. And, yeah. you know, consumers are excited about craft beer. Uh, you know, that you think like, oh, my gosh, my favorite, you know, ballpark has all this craft. And then you look closer and you realize that, you know, every one of those brands is owned by the same company. There yeah. is no variety there. And and that's the, you know, you know, perfectly fine to, to have those beers. They, they have the rights to it and everything like that. You know, but, you know, as soon as you kind of just let that happen and you let that slide you know, then then you just choke off all the true independent craft brewers. Well, that's why I just um, love and that's states. That's what we're fighting against. Yeah. Love states where they can buy the distribution. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Annie, do you, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into it, um, but is there an official sort of, maybe not official, is there a, a unofficial vibe when Big Beer comes up at your office? <laughs> like, I mean, if you guys were all out and somebody ordered a Bud, would you all be like, you know what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like does that I happen? I don't think anybody has ever had uh, ordered a bud when we we roll out. That'll um, come up on your next review. Do you keep <laughs> any big big beer, any big cheap beer in your in your fridges just because it is cheap and it is consistent? I mean, do, do you guys do that? Um, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that, some, some know? of them do. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm here in. Uh, you know, Colorado and, and certainly Coors is, is a big deal. I have, yeah. I have good buddies, you know, that uh, I went to high school with and now they're brewers. And, you know, after their shift of, of brewing, you know, you know, mixed cultured, you know, sour, sour beers, yeah. they like a banquet. You know? and, and I've kind of, you know, relaxed my stance on that. It's a great beer, you know, tip of my cap again. Who we're fighting against is not necessarily the Coors Banquets and the Budweisers. It's the deception of those acquired brands. If you can appreciate, I mean, you should be able to appreciate a Coors Banquet or a a Miller Lite even, you know. Um, But it's it's the transparency that we're fighting for. Uh, So uh, maybe I should get get some big beer in my refrigerator just to... (laughs) Does their voice change when they drink it? Are they like... or are they like, Andy, would you like a banquet beer? <laughs> they become the Western boys. <laughs> like, do you, are you suddenly like on a mountain with a campfire and you're like, yes, I would. You have to say it like that when you're drinking banquet. Well, we had a conversation oh, I, recently. I thought I was with, distorting my voice uh, somehow uh, to order it. <laughs> with, uh, I think it was Matt and uh, from Massive. Massive. And, you know, he, he kind of was way smarter than me and he wow. he kind of made the point the short to trip. me that way smarter than all of us I think that there's a place for big beer and we just have to accept that and there's a lot of people who who don't care and they just want beer that they like at a good price and I 
Well, Big Beer wasn't always Big Beer. You know what I mean? Looking back at their history, they were well. I don't they were, they I were the the lead ends to what we have now. I mean, if you if you took Budweiser out of the equation and Miller and Coors out of the equation, where would we be? Would we still have the thriving crazy beer industry, craft beer? We, we would have had good beer sooner because they maybe. made a lot of shit beer since <laughs> World War II or since maybe you know, maybe not. You don't know. Mission ended and they just controlled the market <laughs> and diluted it and told us what we wanted through good marketing. Don't I don't know. know. Now it, we're going it's a down. great point. And again, you know, I don't know how it is at St. St. Louis, but you know, the, the Coors Brewery is, has helped, you know, jumpstart a, a lot of, you know, craft brewers back in the day, you know, they provided them with yeast or tips and everything like that. Again, the, the campaign is not to wipe them off the map or to destroy the largest beer company. It's not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, but I do think, I, you know, you mentioned, you know, some people don't care. That's cool. Some people do care. And we will, and they, the last thing they want to do is to, if their plan is to support small and local, you know, that, that seal gives them that opportunity, you know, whether you care or not, like is, is, you know, that's totally up to you. Now, what the, as far as the independent meaning of that word, is it still, wasn't it uh, 25% or less? Investment right. by 25% another brewery uh, of a, a non-craft brew entity. Entity. entity um, okay. And so, a little bit of fuzzy logic there. I still feel relatively confident. Once you get over 25%, uh, for instance, with like the founders and Avery, you know, mm-hmm. it practically must be. It might as well be 100% because once you get over that, you know, there is some sort of threshold that that will allow you know, uh, you know, stakeholders to to make moves for sure. Um, and so you know, now, uh, so now, founders. I think we've seen that with founders. Founders by by brewer brewer association, they cannot use that label, correct? They cannot. No, they are over twenty five percent owned by what San Mahu, uh, yes. a Spanish brewery San that's like seven million barrels. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had to it's shut anybody third. down that was using it? I'm sorry. Have you ever had to tell somebody that was using that uh, label to sort of cease and cease assist? and assist? No. No, we haven't done it yet. People, people know. Um, yeah, yeah. And right now, there's around there's over four thousand of the seventy four hundred small and independent crappers have adopted the seal, meaning they have downloaded the artwork and they've they've certified it. I continue to see more and more in in my you know local beer stores and liquor stores. It's 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 cool uh, to see them dotted all over breweries and yeah. you know scrolling through Instagram and seeing people use hashtag seek the seal. Um, you know, it it shows that that we're you know once again providing something that that people believe in, and if, if it's if it's only to provide a uniform uh, unifying you know sense of value. It's 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 interesting too to see that some breweries use use it on some of their labels and some they don't. Because I've got three different breweries sitting here on my desk. I've got three sheeps out of Sheboygan, Lakefront out of Milwaukee and Central Waters out of Amherst, all Wisconsin breweries. And I know for sure that they do use that, the seal on many of their beers, but just so happens that the three that I have sitting here on my desk do not have the the seal. It'd be nice if it was, you know, completely uh, uniform across their, their labels. Yeah. Well, Grant, one Grant from three sheets addressed that he did. They were in the midst of reworking their labels to put it on. 
And I yeah. think that's what a lot of the breweries, you know, they have however many thousands of labels already printed out. So <laughs> you got to buy cans like half a million at a time, you know? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's great if you've been able to totally, if you, if it just so happened that you were totally redoing your, your, you know, branding, um, you could get it on. Uh, that's cool that, that they're supportive of it, you know? And, and I think every time, you know, a brewer chooses to do that, um, you know, it makes the seal more valuable to everyone. Right. Yeah, what I, what I see a lot of times is, for, especially like you said, you're buying, you know, mass quantity of cans and mass quantity of the, the labels. But a lot, what I see a lot of these breweries doing is their newer releases, never been released before, you know, this is a brand new beer, that'll have a seal on it. But their, their go-to older, you know, beers they've had in, in their stable for years, you know, I assume they're waiting for that to run out, you know. But um, it is good to see. I see it popping up a lot more. On, on a lot. I mean, what is it? Two mm-hmm. of the three? Two of the three we have right here. I have them on them, so that's good. Do you guys, question for you guys, you know, I I, I didn't anticipate, you know, having a lot of people say, you know, to me, and, and but like, have you ever been with friends that, that, you know, mention that, you know, that they appreciate the seal or, you know, you know, that it frustrates them, you know, that that they're, they're unsure of, of that sort of stuff if they care about it? Uh, it seems like more and more people are saying like, you know, my boyfriend, you know, constantly comes home with like a beer that, you know, you know, I didn't want him to buy, but now he has the seal to, to look for. Have you ever heard anything like that? I haven't. I will tell uh, you that when I showed the seal to people, you know, because a lot of people, if they're not into craft beer, they may not even know that seal is there. But when I've shown right. them the seal, they're like, oh, that's really cool. I'll start looking for that now. You know, it gives them like, oh, okay. Now I know what to look for because, I mean, honestly, a lot of the people, and Jake can say, a lot of people in our neighborhood, you know, they, they know of craft beer, but they don't know. They're, they're, they're part of that. that craft beer to them would be care. like Three Floyds. You know, they would look at that out of right, uh, out Indiana. Of the, or even some would say Blue Moon. I mean, but. Gosh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Blue guaranteed. Moon. Out. There are some, yeah. A lot of, a well, lot of they, people. Think they that. also might look at like. Um, they might look at like a line of line of kugels and think that's yeah. craft. Yeah. So possible. a lot of them don't understand, you know, they they're they're falling for the deception. I guess let's just say it that way. Of well, it's just that they're totally beer. naive to this whole. You know, how right. could this be an issue? You know, it's right. it's fun, flavorful beer. You know, again, some people might not care or might not want to wade into you know that sort of inside baseball. Um, but at the same time, people that realize it, you know, probably appreciate. It it's going to be a tough grind. You know, we're, we're trying to shift consumer choice uh, or consumer preferences to not only consider, oh, do I want an IPA? Oh, do I want local? But now I have three IPAs in front of me. Which one do I choose? Oh, that one has a seal so I can feel confident in that because I want to support the local guy yeah. or the independent brewer. It's kind of like the Matrix, right? You know, like, have they woken up? Do they know? Which pill did they take? Because once, once you know, you can't unknow it. Like it's always there. <laughs> just just but, like just like before the show, what I saw, I can't unsee. Oh so. god! <laughs> but I but I still have that segment of friends that enjoy um, beer and enjoy beer that they deem as quality beer. But look at me, like I'm some sort of eh, snob. Well, you're not too far from the truth, which is probably true. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, what I find yeah. is I don't even, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm so good at it 
that 80% of the time that I pick a beer, it's going to have that seal on it anyways. I'm so good. I don't have to look. I just know did there's you, a good did, chance did it's going to be there. Did it hurt yourself right there? I'm so good. Oh, it feels I'm great. So good. feels great. I even got the wife trained. I mean, she's at the store, and she knows what to look for. There you go. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> waste cool. my time. <laughs> now, I know we're, we're coming up on uh, our time. But um, okay, this is my time. If I mean, if you guys want to keep. Oh, no, Chad, your time is our time. Come on. We're one going. big family here. Just one I, big. I just, yeah, Chad, uh, if I can't big... see you at all times during the show, I'll probably fall out of my chair. Which, by the way, the video, I didn't do anything and it oh turned. It came on. <laughs> Yo, I I, it you know just what? came on. It's funny that weed, weed's not, weed is not legal in Wisconsin, but I swear he's smoking it every time we do this podcast. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, obviously. It doesn't have to be legal for me to smoke it, for sure. <laughs> um, I totally lost my question. Anybody next? I totally oh. lost my question. Oh, uh, you're tapping out? Come I on. You, totally it sounded like you were really building to something was, good. I was. trying. You know, yeah. we're, we're wrapping up. Yeah. A wrap question. I don't know. I'm just going to drink. Andy, what's, uh, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite beer? Or a favorite type of beer? Or a favorite type of beer, yeah. Um, You know, right now... Uh, Classic American style pale ale. Um, I've I've been trying to give this analogy to so many different people, and I just screw it up. But it's it's kind of like if you were into art, you know, and you've gotten to art, uh, and you initially wanted just the the crazy stuff, or you get into that, you know, I just want to see the most avant garde, crazy street art and everything. Like you go through that phase, but then at some point you come back around to like you know just classics, you know, yeah. and you can recognize and appreciate, you know, that sort of stuff. I feel like a, a a pale ale is just, you know, it's it's overlooked now, but it, it's just such a solid solid beer. Um, and really, you know, it's not what I'm not saying American pale ale like, you know, totally stripped of. It needs to have a little bit of of crystal malt or or Munich or something. It needs to have a little bit of caramel. Not a not a session IPA. Um, I would just love, you know. Just the perfect pale ale. Uh, that's that's what I'm about right now. It's funny you say that because we kind of have gone through that. Yeah, um, we, we went through when we first started the podcast. It was stout, stout, stouts. Then it was barrel aged stouts for days, for months. And it was all the, like, let's find all the whales. Yeah, all, all the big know, beers. But now Chad, Chad and myself have really been on the hunt to find, you know, a good summer beer like a lager or a pilsner that's craft but that is affordable that could compete with like the miller lights and the coors lights because like yeah, it's also consistent consistent as consistent as right. miller Lite. you know because you know in our neighborhood it's it's been always been coors light in this in this block um everybody drinks coors light in the summertime and i really want to support craft so i'm trying to find something that can I don't think craft's not going to meet the price point. I mean, I'm not going to get you know yeah, you a case of it for for seven bucks. Not going to get a thirty pack, <laughs> right? The whole brick pack, ten ninety nine, six bucks. But I'm trying to find that something that will equal equal that in consistency. I think that's the right word, Chad. Consistency. And any close close uh, options? Have you gotten close and and maybe just the price point? Because you're right. You know, it's you know mm. scale and and everything. Price point. Um, price point's been the toughest part. I think the one actually we just found this one, which is not even a, it's a it's the it's their IPA, it's the Dogfish Head IPA, which 
my wife loves it because it's pretty much equal on like calories and carbs of Miller Lite. It's like right on point. Well, with and that. they put that right on the top of the can, so they're definitely yeah. trying to, uh, you know. I mean, I looked it up. It's, to it's pretty much is identical. Um, conscious. But for a six pack, it's like equal to a twelve pack of Miller Lite. See, I want a good protein beer. I want a beer that like you know oh gets me drunk, but also right on the top says like seven grams of protein. <laughs> My, but, mighty yeah. Mighty Brewing out of Boston does protein beers. There you go. All right. Somebody does it. See, Who's this guy knows a lot. Yeah. Why do I talk to you guys? <laughs> Andy, do you have a, after a long week, if you don't feel like a beer, is there, is there another favorite that you might reach for? Uh, other beverage besides a beer? Yeah. I think I can make a really good, you know, this seems silly, but like coin margarita. <laughs> hey, no. <laughs> like, no. What kind of tequila? No. A mix or anything, just you know, lime juice, tequila, you know, some sort of orange liqueur, a lime, salt, rocks. You know, I hey, don't man. travel too far away from from beers, uh, but I'm not a wine drinker. I'll drink, you know, whiskey for sure. Uh, but summer, you know, give us a tequila a little, that you're liking right now. Little margarita would be awesome. What's a tequila you're liking right now? I would just go with like you know, Cuervo. You know, I, I, I've i been through the, the high-end, you know, tequilas in my life, too. Kind of like going after the, the pastry stouts. Um, I I just go back to the the, the boring stuff now. <laughs> the boring stuff. It's all comfortable. Nothing wrong with that, man. And, and nothing silly about a, a, a good margarita. I mean, no, it's, nothing silly about that at all. Oh, don't we have a soundbite on that? It is time. Yeah. yeah. We do. We're going to find it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh so we don't so have it queued up. Here. So many sound bites here. Uh, uh, come on. Where's it at? It's, I can't find oh, it. Right, so all right. All right. Well, uh, Andy, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Is there any place that you would like to tell our listeners uh, if they wanted to follow you personally or the Brewers Association? Where can they find you and or the BA? You can find me at craftbeer.com. Uh, that's my website. Please, please visit it. You know, we're all about the stories. We have great resources as well. Brewersassociation.org is probably not going to offer much for you guys other than some stats. And if you want to join a, uh, start a brewery, um, <laughs> but I appreciate the time, uh, you know, Adam, you know, come out to, to great American beer festival. Uh, you guys should all just, oh, you know, ask to become media, awesome you know, uh, for, for the podcast. Uh, I can't promise, you know, you would be accepted, but we should at least start start trying that. That uh, sure. And let's have a good time in Colorado. Absolutely, yeah, we would love it. And I love the brewery, the Brewer Association website for the stats. I love. I, I go there all the time just to see what research they've done. There's always a ton of information out there about you know brewery and uh, craft brewery in the U.S. So it's a great resource. So. Well, the next time you guys need someone, we should we should make a consorted effort to have Bart Watson, our chief economist. He's so much better than I ever will be. Uh, really, really fun on a podcast. Oh, man. Uh, we could let's, nerd let's out. Make that happen. We could nerd out on that. That'd be great. Yeah, let's let's do that because I, I I mean I'd like I would and I'm, Adam and I were talking about this before the show started about trying to you know wanting to dive into some of the stats and and uh, just get a little more in depth information on it. So. I'd, I'd love to do a podcast on on just getting into the numbers. Yeah, uh, you know, shoot shoot me a, a text or, or an email and everything, and we'll we'll see what what you know is available for Bart. Sweet, and we got to go to the beer fest. I would yes. love to go to the beer fest. <laughs> yeah, on like, media passes, that'd be awesome. That is, I just 
in, in any capacity. I don't. I don't care. Bring bring one of our home brews for everybody to spit out. Oh yeah, <laughs> burnout stout. That go great. Burnout stout. That'd be oh, that's a good one. Don't don't. <laughs> we don't we we homebrewed from time to time, and we name our beers based off mistakes that happened <laughs> during the brew. So our last one was a stout, and we call it burnout stout because during the boil, at some point, we have no idea when. <laughs> we don't know when the flame went out and stopped the boil. So we just call it burnout stout. So, and it turned I, out all I've right. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thank All you right. very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Stick around for just a minute afterwards. Okay, thanks, guys. Oh, I need it. Could have. We're the th- we're the three best friends that anyone could we're have. Stood. We're the three best freedom. friends that anyone can have. And we're always gonna hang out. Oh, there we go. I don't know where the margarita one is. I have the... And a Bloody Mary! I have that That's one. not what yeah, I wanted. I know. I know. I don't know where the... Blo- you, know the you find it every other show. A shot of whiskey! See, I don't have it. Oh. One beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, and a Bloody Mary! Why have one? I don't have the margarita one. I don't know where Where's the margarita, the margarita one? I don't know. You have all of them but the margarita one. You guys are so annoying. We finally had the Kiss right time to play it, and you, <laughs> you know what? fucked it up. You know what? Shut up. Just leave me alone. <laughs> ah. Shit I have to put up with for this show. Uh.